Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by TrueMav Fitness. TrueMav Fitness is in the gulch. Your first workout is free. They're going to help me achieve my next goal as we try and work on body fat percentage at this point. The weight, we were able to drop it. TrueMav Fitness is going to help me fine-tune things just the same way that they can do for you. TrueMavFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com, your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team will go above and beyond to make sure that you can succeed with the Intel Edge. GaryAshton.com is where you go. And Superbook Sports, download the Superbook app today and they'll match your first bet up to $1,000. Win or lose, Superbook.com for terms and conditions. So, uh, as we work through the news today, and it is news, whether you want to take it seriously or not, I don't think it's worth sounding the alarms uh, at this point, but it is definitely worth noting that I was looking, uh, I was scrolling through Twitter today, and I saw that Teron Davenport of ESPN had noted that Jeffrey Simmons has unfollowed the Titans on Instagram. He has taken down a bunch of pictures of himself in a Titans uniform. And, you know, this is what every athlete does. Not every athlete, but this is a tactic that is certainly employed by athletes who are in contract negotiations and want to utilize their substantial social media platforms to put pressure on teams. Now, we've talked about this with A.J. Brown, for example. Hell, A.J. has talked about this several times and lately in the Raw Room podcast that they were trying to speed Tennessee up, in his own words, when they started to do things like delete Tennessee from his Twitter platform, uh, from the headliner in his Twitter platform. And that is something that is completely, uh, at this point, common for teams who are wanting to, uh, who are wanting to try and, you know, or for agents who are trying to kind of amplify the noise, the level of pressure that you're putting on an organization who may be dragging their feet and signing a player. So with that being said, let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Jeffrey Simmons unfollowing the Titans on social media. Big deal, little deal, no deal. We will talk about it together right after I remind you that the Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. They always sell all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, whether you are buying them on the lot or whether you're custom ordering yours the way that I did. As a Two Rivers Ford customer, you will always be satisfied with the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, big deal, little deal, no deal. Uh, Xavier says, little deal. Gator hater on YouTube, little deal, no deal for C-Dub. Josh McKinney says, big deal, little for uh, Steven, MF Loco on YouTube, little. I think there's a couple of different ways that you can look at this, right? First and foremost, as I said, this stuff is a part of the, you know, it's going to be a part of every offseason. There's always going to be an athlete that unfollows their team who wants a new contract, deletes pictures of themselves in the team's uniform, and starts messaging on social media that they want a new deal. Now, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world, but I think it's notable that this is a tactic that's being employed. 
it is a tactic that was successful for A.J. Brown, maybe not successful for the Titans, but successful for A.J. Brown, getting the kind of contract that he wanted last offseason. It is something that Kyler Murray did, uh, I would say, with success. Debo Samuel, a little different situation, but ultimately did get the kind of compensation it seems that he was looking for. So I think that uh, I think that there is a uh, I think that there's a circumstance for the Tennessee Titans where you say big deal, little deal, or no deal. Little deal that Jeffrey Simmons is starting to is starting to trend in this direction. I don't think that it's, you know, a, a red alert around the Titans facility. I'm sure that it was something that uh, I'm sure that it was something that they were prepared for. I'm sure that it's something that there's a playbook for now, given particularly this organization has already been through it and fouled it up. Uh, MB says AJ unfollowed the Titans. He uh, deleted the word Tennessee from his Twitter bio. I can't remember if he specifically unfollowed the team, but there was definitely directives that he was taking on social media to bring attention to the fact that A.J. Brown was slightly displeased with the circumstance of his contract negotiations. Um, I think that there's a, a couple of different ways that you can, uh, I think there's a couple of different ways that you can process that. So I think it is, I think it's maybe not a red flag, maybe an orange flag that Jeff is, at that point, and that they're going to start working through these things with Jeffrey Simmons at this stage. Um, but, you know, I think it's totally, I think it's totally routine. It's going to be a news story. It's going to be talked about. I'm going to spend some time on it on the radio. I'm sure I'm going to get some panic calls. I'm sure some of you, when you saw it, were displeased and disheartened and probably a little bit bothered. I would say little deal at this point, nothing to outright panic about, just something to be aware of that at least it's a sign that they are moving into a different stage of the contract negotiations. Passive-aggressive is okay. Um, now, you know, what it ultimately leads, what what direction it ultimately leads to, and whether that's something for Rand Carthon that we'll see how he handles it in his first general manager role. I'm sure this is not something, I mean, he literally just got out of a front office where they dealt with the Debo Samuel situation all offseason. So he's seen... A couple of different things. Uh, MB says, Buck, according to others, he de deleted a number of his social media accounts, and that's good. That's smart by Jeff. Keeps him. I, I think that's another sign that they're getting ready to further the negotiation process. If he sees something that he doesn't like and he takes to his Instagram story like Lamar Jackson does, can that be detrimental to his contract negotiations? It's entirely possible. AJ publicly messaging on social media himself beyond you know, the tactics that I'm sure his agency recommended for him on social media at the time, that is something that could have been detrimental. Could have rubbed John Robinson the wrong way. It could have ultimately led to the downfall of A.J. Brown's time in Tennessee or at least been something that piled on. So, you know, I think just keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. The fact that Jeff's not on social media, I don't think is a bad thing. I think it keeps him from getting in his feels about uh, things that can, you know, be completely and totally emotional. Um, when you're being, you know, when you think you're worth a certain amount of money, when you've proven that you are going to be available, going to be durable, going to find ways to stay on the field for your team and give everything that you can the way that Jeff did last season. Um, you know, I think that those things, when somebody's across the table from you and your representation telling you, oh yeah, that's great, but it's not worth as much as he thinks it is. It can, you know, lead to some poor decision-making, especially when the internet is, uh, is as reactive as it is. So,
We'll see what happens with Jeff Simmons. I don't think it's a big deal right now. I think it's a little deal just for the purpose of it being an advancement in the story. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, and that is the place that you will get the intel edge you need to succeed. They'll sell your home without any showings or staging. They'll make sure that you have the intel edge you need to buy your next one while you sell your current one in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. They'll help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. Nobody goes above and beyond for Middle Tennesseans the way that the Ashton team does because they live here, they love it here, and they have built a community for Middle Tennesseans that is the best possible situation. GaryAshton.com for the intel edge you need and the team that all your favorite teams trust. GaryAshton.com. Eric Alonzo says, this will be new, uh, This will be news all week in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure Austin and Zach are going to talk about it, and they'll talk about it probably in a different way than I did. Um, I know that I'm going to talk about it on the radio, and I'm going to see if, you know, there's any informed uh, people that I can get to talk about it. I think that Jeff's position is a fair one. And, you know, as we keep track of off-season transactions for the Titans, this is a notable off-season transaction and a development of the story. Now, how much further you want to take that development in the story, that's incumbent upon the individual. And what we'll do is we'll provide you, at least around here, we'll provide you the facts and, you know, formulate, I think, informed opinions on it rather than flying off the handle and scare tactics and all those things. I know when you see tonight's headline, you probably get a little bent. um, But, you know, I think that is what it is. That's a statement of fact. Jeffrey Simmons has unfollowed the Titans on social media and deleted his social media accounts. Uh, or at least a good deal of them. So, you know, that's where Jeff is right now. Let's talk about stock at the, uh, well, that almost sounds a little bit, uh, that almost sounds a little bit um, not the way that I wanted to, talking about uh, the NFL prospects, because I think I often refer to that, to the combine as a livestock show and a beauty pageant. So maybe I shouldn't say stock specifically without saying people whose stock went up or down. Uh, MB says, Buck, what was the buzz of the draft? From what you were hearing, well, I mean, that's easy. It's a Jalen Carter situation. The Jalen Carter situation is a shit show. Uh, but we can uh, we can get into uh, things from the combine and uh, players who improve their stock and discussions that were being had here in just a second, right after I uh, uh, tell you uh, about the people who present the primetime show. That's Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app today, and they'll match your first bet up to $1,000 Win or lose, they always offer you the best odds, boosts, and promo bets around. Superbook.com is where you go for the best possible gambling experience on all your favorite major sports. So download the Superbook app today. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, uh... As you uh, so different things from the combine, and the question that I'll ask you guys is this in the comment section who had the best weekend at the NFL combine? Um, MB was asking about things that I heard up there in Indianapolis. Obviously, the Jalen Carter situation uh, is really, really complicated, and his statement saying that he was uh, he did not believe that all the reporting on his uh, charges and his arrest were accurate about his involvement in a situation that saw two lives lost, one of a teammate, one of a staffing, uh, one of a recruiting staffer from Georgia uh, racing uh, apparently in the streets of Athens 
that ultimately caused a car wreck and the two lives lost of those two individuals. So Jalen Carter, obviously, that happening 10 minutes or being uh, broken 10 minutes before he was set to appear on the podium, that was a huge talking point at the NFL draft because not only does it become about the legal situation, but obviously now this starts to involve a lot of different teams who are looking around at the Bears pick, for example, saying, well, the Bears have a need at interior defensive line. That's that's regarded as one of the best talents, if not the single best talent in this year's NFL draft, Jalen Carter is. So how much does that affect the way that teams will look at the Bears pick, package things to put uh, to put together for the Bears? If, say, you're Indianapolis and trying to leapfrog Houston for the services of quarterback to get up to the number one overall pick, how much does Jalen Carter's circumstance impact that uh when it's purely a football discussion now obviously it's not purely a football discussion there's uh anytime the legal process is caught up in this um you know you know there's going to be a a wrench here and there that's thrown in that causes teams to view things differently than they might have or maybe take a risk on a player who you know they think the talent is worth the i don't want to be blase about it but the juice is worth the squeeze for lack of a better term uh, Carmela says, Oh my God, no on the Jeffrey Simmons thing. Stop letting good key players go. Uh, Corey D Jackson says, God, no, don't take the Kool-Aid. I assume that we're talking about the draft Kool-Aid at this point. Uh, I think that there's a, a couple of different things from this that are going to be interesting. Now, when it comes to the best weekend, I think there's a couple of players that come to mind or the, who had the best results from the combine. I think overall, there's a couple of different players that you look at. Hendon Hooker, who's dealing with the injury situation. Um, positive reports saying he's going to be ready for week one with the ACL tear. Uh, for me and Rappaport today, Anthony Richardson testing out freakishly. Nolan Smith, the Georgia linebacker who missed the vast majority of their season with a pec injury, I think is a good one to come to mind. Now, um, we all knew that this was going to be the case, but Anthony Richardson testing as uh testing as well as he did i think is very very notable um he it looks like is always he was always going to be a first round pick it seems coming into this teams are going to be sat teams are salivating over the idea of what they can do with anthony richardson and we knew that he was going to be you know we know that he's freakish uh, as far as his gifts are concerned so we knew he was going to test out well but when anthony richardson had the kind of vertical leap or vertical jump 40 time, all these different things uh, that we saw and put on paper, even understanding that the, it sounded like a lot of the scouts considered this a fast track at Lucas Oil for the 40 times in particular. There's no denying that Anthony Richardson is going to now be a top 15 pick. Guys, one of the bigger stories coming out of this combine has been the rise of Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback. I think we all knew, anyone who watched him knew, that he is someone just based on his skills, his athleticism would blow up the combine. I'm not even sure to me, and I knew this coming in like you guys did, I'm not even sure I realized just how much of a difference it would make. I've been out uh, all, I don't know, seemingly every night. I've been talking to a lot of people, general managers, scouts, head coaches. Anthony Richardson has probably been the most talked about player here, and we've seen a lot of really good ones. C.J. Stroud, as D.J. mentioned, with a great throwing session yesterday. A lot of it has been really good, but the fact that we are now talking about Anthony Richardson possibly going all the way into the top 10, especially with some, I would say, uneven moments in Florida, uh, has really been fascinating and something I would say caught me by surprise. And, you know, DJ, what you did on Twitter, going through Anthony Richardson's 
actual incompletions, how they all happen, rather than just looking at the, the stats, is something I've actually had a couple people bring up to me as it pertains to Josh Allen. Similar, I would say, some stats, similar wonders about is there inconsistency, is there accuracy issues, but when you actually look at it and examine it, maybe not quite as much as people think, the story of the combine has certainly been the Florida quarterback. So that is uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network talking about Anthony Richardson. Major Key says a juiced-up Malik. So here's the difference between Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson, okay? Malik Willis, when you go back and watch, when you go back and watch Malik Willis at Liberty, he played behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football, there's no question. So, you know, some of this, I'm I'm not saying it's an indictment of Malik. But any time a play broke down slightly, Malik just took off. Like, just took off running, right? Instead of waiting, trying to let the play develop, trying to see the – basically trying to run the offense, he just took off and ran. Which is why I think it's taking a little bit longer for him to break some of the habits that he developed in college. I think that's totally understandable. Um, Anthony Richardson is not somebody who every time every time the play broke down just took off for a 60-yard run. He's capable of doing that. But Anthony Richardson at Florida was legitimately trying to work through the offense, committed in college to the idea of trying to improve himself as a quarterback. Now, there are still some of the some of the same issues that Malik has. Anthony Richardson has his eyes are not married to his feet. It is something that evaluators bring up very, very often around both of them. It is something that can affect their accuracy very much. It is something that they need to show both of those players that they can do at the next level because they're going to have to throw with touch at certain points and not just rifle a ball down the field. Anthony Richardson said this week at the Combine when we were up there for his media availability on Friday, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially that the best way that he's found to improve his accuracy is just to rip the ball in there, like absolutely laser it, and if the wide receiver doesn't catch it, it's on them. Now, he is he's obviously, I think, going to not, That's not a comment I think that he should have made because it does speak to an idea that he needs to, there's that there's more that he needs to develop. And and I think he needs to be a little bit more aware about where his deficiencies lie. Now it's, it's not like he said anything that's going to completely damn him. It's not going to hurt his draft stock at this point. Teams who want to take a chance on Anthony Richardson being, you know, the next Josh Allen or Cam Newton, that's, All well and good. Josh Allen, though, was a more developed prospect than Anthony Richardson was at the time, even though the inaccuracies are something that gets brought up. The size, the physicality, the speed. Uh, I think that when you uh, when you watch when you watch Anthony Richardson at this point, there is a substantial difference between the development of the player, the habits that they're trying to create for themselves in Richardson than was Malik Willis, even though a lot of the Malik Willis narratives are being used around Richardson at this point. So, um, you know, something to keep in mind. Uh, Nar- Naraya, forgive me if I've mispronounced the uh, the first name, Mitchell on Facebook. Willis did flash in the preseason. He was not ready for full speed against the ones all game. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, listen, Malik, Malik's story is not totally written, right? There is I won't say plenty of time because the clock starts on these dudes as soon as they get as soon as they get to the uh, as soon as they get to their respective teams um, in the draft process on a rookie quarterback deal 
your uh, timeline is amplified substantially when it comes to uh, when it comes to the process and the time the timeline that rookie quarterbacks are placed on. So I'm not going to say that he has a ton of time, but he does have some time. There is a degree of wiggle room built in for him right now to be able to still develop and to make strides in these areas where we've all seen him clearly struggle in his first um, sample size of action. It's not an insignificant sample size. And the problems, I think, are clear and obvious to everybody. But having those clear and obvious problems as a means of working towards a goal, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think, you know, it's going to take a little longer than most people might have anticipated um, from a Titans fan standpoint. Uh, MB says, Buck, did Carthon replace any of the scouts when he was hired? Or are they all Titan scouts from last year? Everybody, uh, everybody uh, on John Robinson's staff is still there right now. Now, I anticipate you'll see some people let go in, you know, some some personnel changes in the front office um, in the, let's say, couple of weeks. Let's, let's just make it general. I, I'd say in the two weeks leading up to the draft, You'll probably see some people who were with the organization move on to different jobs. You'll probably see Rand bring some other people in, but they're sticking with the people who went through the draft process for the Titans this year right now and having Rand oversee that. Ryan Cowden, for example, the assistant general manager and the interim GM after they fired John Robinson is still a member of the Titans staff, right? So um, that he didn't just go away once they hired Rand. He is still under contract for this team. And if he ends up moving on, from the Titans after, uh, you know, in the days or weeks leading up to the NFL draft or even after the draft process is concluded, because I'm sure you'll see personnel moves on both sides of those things, um, then, you know, that's all well and good because that will give Rand more opportunity to see how existing people in their roles work and make any adjustments he feels he needs to moving forward. Now, they did bring in, um, oh, Damn it. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on on the new assistant GM's name from Green Bay. I believe it's Chad Brinker, um, but you guys may fact check me on that. Chad Brinker, who was working with the Green Bay Packers for several years, was hired as the new assistant general manager under the Titans. So that is a new personnel addition that has been made since Rand was put into the GM role, um, was hired to the GM role. So um, I think the... Uh, I think that, um, you know, any developments on that will be forthcoming. And right now, largely the institutions that were in place are still in place there. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to this as a free site. So Anthony Richardson had a really, really good week at the Combine at this point. Let's move on to this as a free site. The best thing I saw in sports this weekend. Uh, big fight in the UFC. John Bones Jones returning to the Octagon. And as a matter of fact, getting a win uh, as he... Uh, upped his weight class to be able to be able to, to uh, compete in this latest UFC bout. The question that I'm going to ask you is this, do you root for or against John Bones Jones? Because I think there's a couple of different people who probably feel a certain type of way about it. He's a very polarizing character and is without question great at what it is that he does. We'll get into that right after I remind you that True Math Fitness is a presenting sponsor of the primetime show. True Math Fitness a new way to work out, a better way to work out. 40-minute boot camp style classes, uh, varying times of days in the morning, in the early morning before you go to work, in the afternoon on your lunch break, in the later afternoon after you get home from work and just want to 
uh, exercise the frustrations out of your day. True Math Fitness provides you so many great opportunities to improve yourself, to improve your mental health, your physical health, and achieve your fitness goals. They have such a great coaching staff, and their workouts are never recycled or repeated. If the group classes are not for you, I personally enjoy them. You may not, and that's okay. They have personal training. They have an open gym, and their membership options are very flexible for you, no matter how it is that you want to improve yourself. So get your first workout free and try TrueMav for yourself as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMavFitness.com. Drew four against John Bones Jones. He got a big win over the weekend in his return to UFC. He's a very, very polarizing character. This was the finish to Saturday's fight. Jones is able to get gone to the canvas. We'll see how God is able to respond here. Yeah, that, that is absolutely huge. You see Jones trying to keep his weight back on the hips of Cyril Gaon. He's attacking the hips to try to flatten him out. Now you see Jones trying to get a hook in. Gaon has got to try to circle his back towards the right. Jones does a good job of getting height here. He's attacking guillotine. He's not under the chin. And God's head is not really in there. Certainly applying pressure, though, and keeping his head bent down makes it difficult to breathe. He's and making him carry his weight. Yes, that's important. Jones is just making him carry him. And he's putting pressure. Oh, So that is John Bones Jones. Now they say it on the broadcast, the greatest of all time. And John Jones does not lose, right? He's gotten himself in several, several different performance enhancing drug situations. He's suspended time in and time out. John Bones Jones, though, does not lose when he is in the ring. Um, And I would say, do you root for against him? I always root for greatness, even as that's not a rootable character, right? He's not a likable guy. He's not a. He's not a sympathetic figure. I think plenty of people could find it in themselves to root against John Bones Jones, right? But I think, you know, a a phrase that I always really, really liked um, when it comes to a couple of different things, and it's stolen. It's not, you know, it's not an original thought, but the idea, uh, Dan Levitard all the time, both when he used to write for ESPN the magazine and I think still on his radio show now, a podcast, says, can you separate the art from the artist? Right? Can you separate the art, the performance of what it is that an individual does from the person who is able to perform at that high a level because the person may be unlikable, may be distasteful, may be super problematic, depending on what arena you're talking about, whether that's politics, whether I mean, whether that's music, sports, just general entertainment. There are plenty of bad people who are good at what they do, right? So the idea of separating art from artist is kind of the way that I approach John Bones Jones. Now, you know, I'm not, I obviously don't promote drug use, um, but I would say that the drug element of of it in a sport like that, I understand why PEDs and, you know, obviously cocaine specifically is very, very 
highly scrutinized, highly regulated because this is, I mean, it's human cockfighting. So anything in that circumstance that could cause a person to go too far can cause a person to um, do, you know, truly life-threatening damage in a situation like that. In the fight game that way, you understand why it is very, very much a sore subject and why they need to handle Bones Jones the way that they do. But that doesn't, it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy him as a performer, as an entertainer, as an athlete, because there is no disputing that this man is spectacular. It's been an honor to watch you become the heavyweight champion, and I can't wait to see you again. Welcome back, and congratulations on achieving your goal. Last thing. <laughs> um, so that is John Bones Jones. Um, Blake Dodd says, human cockfighting, are you effing kidding me? Uh, Blake, what do you, what do you think UFC is? <laughs> I mean, what's the difference between, you know, dog fighting, cock fighting and UFC. One of those three things is legal and the other two are not, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not that much difference. They're just beating the holy shit out of each other, uh, for money that what's, I mean, I, I don't understand one that doesn't, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm opposed to it by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I am opposed to cockfighting and dogfighting, obviously, but the UFC, you know, they're two uh, discerning individuals making the decision to earn their money, to make their living, beating the holy shit out of another man or woman uh, in the case of uh, the women's fight game. That's all well and good. Now, if you want to take that as an assault on your masculinity, then I would say to you, what are you getting so bent out of shape for? And are you, in fact, as masculine as you think you are? when all I've said about your sport or your favorite sport or sport that you like is that it's human cockfighting. If that is something that you take as offense to you, I would say toughen up, Buttercup, because if that is how if that is how sensitive you're going to be about your sport, then you're watching the wrong sport and operating with a degree of sensitivity that nobody was bringing to the table. I'm just saying it's human cockfighting. I don't see how you could argue against it. I'm not saying that I, I dislike UFC. I'm just saying when I'm watching dudes knee each other in the face, how am I, how else am I supposed to do the analysis other than human cockfighting? So if you want to be soft and you want to be a whiner about these things and you want to be like, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about or that guy's soft because he thinks it's human cockfighting, I would say to you, do you not know what it is the hell that you're watching? Like it's the dirtiest of the sporting events. It's the fight game for God's sakes. Do you know nothing about what it is that you're consuming? That's all I'd say to you. All right. Productive show. I think that's going to do it for us tonight on uh, A to Z Sports Prime Time. We always appreciate you guys spending some time with us here on the show. Sunday through Thursday evening is where you hang out with us and subscribe to the channel so you can get the primetime show in the morning uh, or rather the, uh, the A to Z Sports show in the morning. You can get the primetime show every Sunday through Thursday night. Although my vacation is coming up because I've got a little time between uh, the combine and the franchise, uh, or rather the free agency period, franchise tag is on the horizon. So going to have a couple of days off of primetime and the radio show this week, but we will certainly be here with you tomorrow night and Tuesday night as well before I, uh, you know, uh, hit the slopes for a little bit. I'm going to go, going to go on a uh, ski trip. Very much looking forward to that. Been a little while. Hopefully I don't blow out my knees. I think that's entirely possible, but if I come back with a blown out ACL, maybe some, some of you get a kick out of that and we can turn it into a bit. Who's to say? Have a great rest of your evening. Talk to you tomorrow on the radio show. A lot more combine discussion and probably talking about Jeff Simmons there too from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone.
See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.